Mary Maria Sprout! 15 seconds to curtains, you three! Oh. Oh. No one's here. Well, I guess I'll just be going then. I'm Maria. And I'm Sprout. Surprise! Good to be back! Woo! Mary's here. Just like Fraggle Rock. I'm, I'm, me and Fraggle Rock are the same. We were on for a, quite a while, and then we left for a hot minute, and now I'm back again, and then you probably won't see me for another hot minute. <laughs> Mary is Fraggle Rock, Sprout is Sesame Street, and I'm the Muppet Show. Wow. Like being locked in Disney's basement. Used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I just keep getting bad memes. <laughs> you just keep getting Twitter on people going, who did this? I keep going on Twitter and seeing shit about Rocco. <sighs> I'm about as tired of Rocco as Elmo is. Oh my gosh. People are like, oh, you like the Muppets. What do you think about Rocco? I'm like, I don't think of Rocco thing is sesame street is right filming right now for their new season do you think they're gonna mention rocco because of just how big the meme is i know that they have on twitter but it's not the same yeah might just do like a quick mention of it i don't see it becoming a huge thing yeah that's what i was thinking i think they would mention rocco on elmo's late night show before they did on the street that would make more sense that would be very funny I would love just a segment on uh, that show with just Zoe sitting down in the guest spot with Rocco and then like talking it out. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not doing this. Zoe, I'm not doing this. That's a rock. You can't make me talk to him. I want a scene instead of like, like he goes to walk out on stage, sees them, turns around, <laughs> leaves. <laughs> Speaking of Sesame Street, I just have to talk about this absolute win I had this week, which was, I don't know if you've listened to the um, po the pitching podcast that, the pitching episode we did in the beginning when we first started this podcast, I particularly mentioned that there's this actor who I think would work very well with the Muppets, and I pitched he do Muppets Pride and Pre Prejudice, uh, Brent Goldstein from Ted Lasso, which is a great show. Got to do. A, he's doing a guest guest spot on Sesame Street. We saw a little clip of it, and it's so cute, and it's so fitting. <laughs> if you've seen Ted Lasso, and even if you haven't, it's so cute and fun. This man clearly loves the Muppets more than life itself. So it's just it's good to know to see other Muppet fans winning. Mary, whenever you said, I don't know if you've listened to the pitching show. I didn't know what the pitching show was. I didn't know you were referencing this podcast. I thought there was a new show called The Pitching Show. <laughs> anyway, go. Um, I was just going to say, I would love to see Jerry Trainer do things with the Muppets because he is a Muppet. Yes. No, but when uh, Brett was doing uh, interviews for Ted Lasso, uh, Zoom interviews, he has like a giant Muppet poster in his room. He was doing the interviews. So he would just be, like, sitting there talking about his character, and then there would just be Kermit's face over his shoulder, and it was just... I'm so happy for this man. That is super cool. It's literally my room. The only Muppet fan I don't want dealing with the Muppets is Q-Tip Man. I'm happy for anyone else. You're gonna really like, uh, 
we're, we're working on a special uh thing uh behind the b and i are behind the scenes you're gonna really enjoy it sprout <sighs> suddenly i have fear no i'm genuine you are going to enjoy it Okay, good. Does it include Q-Tip Man? And if it does, is he working a boom mic and that's it? It includes his absence. Oh, that's even better. Does it include our uh, mortal enemies, Mary? Uh, it does not include yours at all. I'm going to make sure he has a 50-foot restraining, uh, restraining order anywhere near filming locations for yours. And for mine, if he even tries stepping foot in the same city... Uh, the mouse will escort him out and kill him. But his his kid really loves Kermit. Too damn bad. <laughs> Does? I don't know. I'm just. I feel like that'd be an excuse used. Kid loves this character so much. Why won't you let him look at him? <laughs> because of you, you Colin Jost. We hate you. You. <laughs> I love that Colin Jost is the only one out of our three enemies that doesn't have a nickname. It's just Colin Jost. Yeah. His name is bad enough. He doesn't need a nickname. <laughs> he lacks any sort of interesting qualifier or personality. Other than, hey, he looks like he kind of eats glass sometimes. So he's either glass eater or he's Colin Jost. There's nothing else to him. Do you think he was the kid in school that would eat glue? No, I don't think he's got that much personality. He did when he was at Yale. <laughs> he ate glue. Uh, excuse me, he went to Harvard. Harvard, excuse me, there's such a big difference. Ugh. Oh, he will He will let you know there is. What's the difference? Tell me. Come on, Joe, tell me what the fucking difference is. People from Harvard are more annoying about telling you they went to Harvard. Hmm. I was going to say one has four letters. Oh, but uh, the person who is replacing him did go to Yale, and they almost bankrupted the uh, Yale drama department. So, you know, that's kind of a girl boss slay move, so... He's finally leaving? Oh, no, I was talking about Q-Tip Man's replacement for the thing B and I are working on. Oh. One day I want to like Weekend up Update again. <laughs> right. I, I really liked the, uh, the Christmas episode this year was bad because of, like, you know, everything. But I really liked seeing Tina Fey and, Co and Michael Shea do it. Like, it's nice seeing people with timing doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Tina Fey did Weekend Update forever, so. Yeah. She's got, a, she's got a great sense of timing, which I think is, like, the main thing in comedy. Yeah. Anyway, this is a Muppet podcast. <laughs> this is a Muppet podcast. Also, the world's falling apart, but, you know, Muppets. Yeah, we're here to spread joy and, and happiness just like the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, the world sucks sometimes. Like, I know recently it feels like it sucks all the like all the time. I know, like Jim Henson, like even when things sucked, he always tried to find the beauty and everything. And I think that's what we're just gonna try to do today. Yeah. Do we want to get into the ep episode proper? Let's get into the episode. Yeah. All right. Episode one hundred one pilot. Uh, I'm just gonna read the. Is this the okay? This is back to the rock. I'm on Muppet Wiki to make sure I like get everything right and in order. Mm. So, uh, this is the plot summary on Muppet Wiki. Gobo Fraggle tries to prove himself as a brave explorer with his when his uncle traveling Matt invites him to explore outer space. 
Meanwhile, Doc and Sprocket settle in their new living quarters. Do we want to uh, discuss just the... Again, there's uh, two songs in this episode. Uh, Party in Fraggle Rock and Only Way Home. This does not include the theme song. Mm. I just want to say, it's so great seeing all the Fraggles again. Even with, even though Moki doesn't look exactly the same, it's just great to see them all again. It's great to see Fraggle Rock again. It's super great to see and hear Karen Farrell do Red again. Super great to have Dave doing uh, Uncle Traveling Matt and Boober again. I think Dave Goals is a treasure. Who directed his Uncle Traveling Matt this episode? I was concerned. Because uh, he sounds like he keeps trying to slip into this British accent. I think, and this is my this is my theory, I think it's because since Dave has gotten older and his voice has gotten lower, uh, his boober and his Uncle Traveling Matt sound so similar that they're like, try to do something different with Matt so that boober and Matt don't sound the same. It's my conspiracy theory. Well, the other thing, too, is Dave wasn't there puppeteering. So I can't, like, it's so much easier when you're bouncing off the other puppeteers. But when you're just in a booth recording, when you're not used to doing that as frequently, I, I, I'm sure it was harder. Yeah. My personal theory is that Dave is, was, like, uh, tributing uh, Jennifer Connelly's performance in Labyrinth, where she keeps slipping in and out of a British accent. <laughs> oh, God, Jennifer Connelly, my beloved. Bless, bless her soul. I, I love Jennifer Connelly. I, this is not, like, any mean-spirited. Sorry, for, sorry, I hit my mic. Um, I also just want to say, uh, Uncle, Uncle Matt went through, like, a, a per, kind of a personality shift. Yes, he was an asshole. Like, Uncle Traveling Matt was a himbo in the original series. <laughs> he, like, he was kind of stu- He was, like, he was kind of mean, but he was so stupid he didn't realize what he was doing. He was kind of a himbo in that sense. You have to be buff to be a himbo. He's not buff. He might be buff in a fraggle sense. I don't know. <laughs> he does do a lot of adventuring and traveling, so he might be buff in a fraggle sense, and we just don't see it because of all the fur. <laughs> Uncle Traveling Matt has a six-pack and none of us know. <laughs> I think you mean Uncle Traveling Six-Pack. Uh. <laughs> you make me want to die. Uncle Traveling Hot Stack? <laughs> What's wrong with you? But the shit he was like saying to Gobo in this episode, I'm like, did I accidentally turn on an episode of Secession or something? What? The original run of the series, Matt was very much like flighty. So it was understandable why he was so, no, Gobo, you can't. His brain was everywhere and not where it needed to be. Whereas this one, he's just like, no, you're not good enough. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I kind of thought, like, okay, this is going to set up this character arc for Gobo that's very similar to the um, episode name is slipping my mind, where the one where Gobo has an identity crisis, one of the ones where Gobo has an identity crisis, like, that was setting that up, and I feel like, like, at the end with what we got, I feel like it wasn't as followed through. I really wish we could have gotten something really special from Gobo, because I felt like Oh, he's technically the protagonist, and I, I am a Gobo Fraggle defender, so I will defend this Fraggle with my life for no fucking reason. I think he's not as bad as people make him out to be. I can make fun of it because I like him, and I've 
This bitch has made me cry, so I can say it. He's not as bad as you have made him out to be. <laughs> I can insult him. I can, I, can, I can say that he ignores gay people 11 out of 12 months of the year. Exploits the doozers for the uh, and exploits the doozers during that time. I can say that I love him, but like someone who's like I hate Gobo and says that, then it's like no, you you don't get it. We're different. <laughs> As the internet has said multiple times, how bad can he be? <laughs> oh, we're getting into him later. <laughs> we're getting into the what's where later. I also have to point something out. I know in one of these, uh, one of the episodes of the podcast, the early ones, we talked about Back to the Rock and what our hopes were for it. And I said, I really would like for them to touch upon Gobo's magnificent hat collection. I remember saying exactly that because Jerry Nelson, his original puppeteer performer, a wonderful hat collection. First episode, it's like one of the first two things you know about Gobo, and I felt so listened to. <laughs> so if anybody who works on the show listens to the podcast, I thank you. I hello. You're doing great work, and oh, I should also mention uh, this episode was written by Matt Fussfeld and Alex Cuthbertson. Sorry, my uh, reading is bad, and it was directed by Paul Fox. Hey yo. Hi. Thank you for your work. Also, should we talk about the first song, uh, Party Down in Fraggle Rock? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Good song. It slaps. Love it. I, we, I feel like this is a perfect place where we can kind of touch on the new uh, Doc and Sprocket, which I know you touch on this a bit. Let me say this. I welcome Lily Cooper with open arms to the Fraggle family. She killed this role. Yes. She is so fun and dynamic to watch on screen. Her and John Tartaglia have such a wonderful chemistry together. Yes. Brockett feels so much like a dog that I sometimes forget that he is also a puppet. Their relationship is so wholesome. I love it. Sometimes you forget he's a puppet and then you see the scene where he's dancing. And then you're like, oh, he is a puppet. (laughs) (laughs) Mm I also kind of want to touch on uh, John Tartaglia's Gobo because he... If you didn't, if you don't know, I was very uh, hesitant to accept his gobo because I'm the resident Barry Nelson enjoyer appreciator. So I was like, it's gonna, I'm, it's gonna take me. It might take me a while. And as soon as the like the first like official trailer dropped, I'm like, okay, he's gobo. <laughs> and I did tweet him that, and he did send me very lovely messages in response. So that's nice. No, no, he's gobo now. Same with Donna for me because I, I'm I'm such a big Moki fan. Um, she's like my favorite. So. Donna was incredible. Love your work. You're amazing, and I accept you with open arms as well. <laughs> Quick note on Donna Kimball: she can sing like a motherfucker. She has got a, such a good singing voice. So I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, this might not be the appropriate thing to say, but she can sing like a motherfucker. <laughs> like in the best way. She's a very good singer. She's amazing. Well, I feel like now's a good time to jump in and say the new Wembley is also very great. He is fantastic. I cannot praise him enough. He's so the actor who uh, the actor the performer who's who do, who's doing him has brought like this his this certain take on him where it's like oh it's kind of different. It's his own version. 
there are moments where he sounds so much like Steve's Wembley that I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the episode, I'm skipping ahead, I'm sorry, but the episode where uh, Wembley splits into multiple Wembleys, he he's literally just doing a scene talking to himself, and it's just, I'm so intrigued. It's fantastic. <laughs> so good. Again, I think he's doing a fantastic job. A lot of any, every re- recast for this cat for the show has been absolutely fantastic and the, our returning performers sound great and are doing fantastic Aaron Prell sounds the exact same Steve has gotten a little deeper but it's still it's still very good it's still boober yeah and uh junior gorg junior with with uh dan and ben it took me like i think after i got to the second episode i'm like okay i'm good this is Junior. It's funny. The thing I had to get used to the most with Junior was not the puppeteering. It was the bowl cut. <laughs> I felt like I was watching Stranger Things for a minute. <laughs> Stranger Gorgs. Oh, God, just give me fan art of that now, please. <laughs> oh, the Upside Down Scrabble Rock. It's right there. There was a scene in Stranger Things season three at the carnival with the, I don't know if you remember the Woody Woodpecker plushie, that scene, but they had mm. a bunch of Fraggle Rock plushies there. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. If anybody who works for Stranger Things knows where they are, give them to me now. Ben Drosher, I've sung his praises a billion times. I don't, I can't remember if it was off or on the podcast. Scott knows. He, he's one of my favorite puppeteers for uh, Avenue Q with um, Rod in Princeton, right under John Tartaglia. And um, he worked with John exclusively during um, a lot of John's specific uh, run shows. And he's a great guy. And uh, he simultaneously, while he was working as a uh, junior Gorg, he, he was also like a wrangler because that's his job at the Jim Henson Company. So he was doing like three things at once because he also like makes props and everything. He's very talented and really awesome. I just want to add real quick before we move on, just, about, just to make a comment about the other song in this episode, uh, Only Way Home. Which is a fantastic song. I think it's the closest thing we have to a Gobo solo in this entire yeah. series. And I've noticed that he and Wembley are the only characters who don't have solos. So, mm. do what you want with that information. But I just want to say it's a great song. When the beat drops, it sounds like a YouTube uh, intro. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's funny because I'm so used to hearing this version more than the original that when i hear the original i'm what what so different i'm so used to the old version so when i heard the 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 new version at first i was like oh another new song wait a minute (laughs) hold on that's happened to me a few times here i think with a lot a lot with a lot of the updates they bring a lot of like a a fresher set of production and a fresher outlook on it where it doesn't feel taped in there most of the time how did you feel about um the scene i'm specifically thinking about is when all of the the fraggle five are running around junior um and it's a lot of cgi what did you think about i don't mind the henson company using cgi like i think i'm like one of the few people where it's just like i'm not i'm not necessarily a puppet purist by any means like i 
as long as there's puppetry being used and there's puppeteers being employed, I'm like, you kids have fun. Just don't make it. Look, just don't make it look terrible. Two things with it is, um, I love whenever they use it for like far away stuff. Like when we get red in episode two, when she's really close to the camera, I'm like, that's okay. But like far away stuff, like the shot with them running around Junior was really great in my opinion. And I'm wondering if that CGI specifically are using Waldos because I know that um, they use Waldos a lot for a lot of their like preschool TV shows. Yeah, like Sid the Science Kid. Oh, that would make, that would make total sense. I'm totally cool with it. Again, a lot of the C- a lot of the CG they use was very smooth. So I was like, okay, it, it was a little jarring at first, but I think like it's fine. I think if you're gonna use new technologies and blend stuff in with uh more traditional ways, Fraggle Rock is the show for that. I mean, I've clowned on the absolute horrendous blue screen in the original Fraggle Rock because it's hilarious and I love it. This is the show to experiment with that. I like to clown on a CGI Kermit in the Muppets 2011 when he's crawling out of the TV because it's just horrifying. Fraggle Rock, you can just throw whatever at me and I'm like, I love it. The one thing that I will say that kind of matches or harkens back to that uh, old blue screen, and I think it's the first episode, is there is a bit of red that spins around and her her bottom jaw like unhinges when she talks. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? In that first song, like when it opens up, she's spinning. That's the only thing I didn't like. <laughs> also, all the blue screen here did not translate is is translate very well. Which I love because I love how not good the original blue screen and the original Fraggle Rock is. So when I saw this, I'm like, this feels like home. There's this one scene where uh, Red's jumping off a dot, like jumping, and like half, of, like last second, her like a good portion of her ankle is just gone. I will say, for me personally, the the blue screen is better than a lot of blue screen we've been getting from like Disney, who just don't know what the fuck they're doing. This is true. So that is true. That is true. I just like to clown on the Fraggle Rock blue screen. It's my love. Just love to clown on the thing you love the most. Your your love language is gently bullying. Just like Gobo. Yeah. Is this a good place to talk about Pogwork? Or should we wait? If you want to go for it, sure, go. Pogwork went to the Logan Roy School of Parenting, which is, I'm going to abuse, <laughs> I'm going to emotionally abuse my children so hard. I am going to, like, fuck them up. Yep. Pogwork was an asshole in the original Fraggle Rock, but I'm not, I never went, you know, this person shouldn't be around children. Pogwork and, like, Back to the Rock shouldn't be around anybody. I fully agree. The Gorg Castle is just so beautiful. The, oh my gosh, yeah. All the sets are, are beautiful, but, like, yeah. the Gorg Castle just feels so much bigger now. Mm-hmm. Even, uh, even Doc's workshop, which I think is probably this looks the simplest among all the sets, yeah, has such a warmth now. And I mm-hmm. love that. I could go and sit down on that couch. <laughs> right. Are we ready to talk about episode two? Yeah. I do just have in my notes just Marjorie. Oh yeah, I love the new. I love the new Mar. I love the new uh, puppeteer for Marjorie. I think she does such a real. Such a good job, and she sounds like she's having a great time. Amy Garcia. Mm. She was fan- she's. I think she's a fantastic trashy. 
Which is a very weird thing to say out of context. <laughs> Marjorie is royalty more than uh, any of the gorgs. So true. Whenever they get new water, uh, I think it was John Tartaglia who, who shared a video on his Instagram where they used real water to like push them during that scene when they're in the cave and then the water pushes them out of the cave. Um, they used real water and they got drenched. Oh no. Yeah. Also, can I just talk about my favorite comp- comedic bit from uh the from the pilot? Trisha Smokey going be the noodle and then just showing like the flat like lifeless puppet. That was <laughs> hilarious. Very funny. Um, do we want to move on to episode two? I'm ready. Uh, the description of this episode on Muppet Wiki is this one's called Red and the Big Jump. Uh, the description is a new doozer construction. Proves to be the perfect platform for Red's new diving game. But when she tries to force Wembley to dive, he literally freezes with fear. Meanwhile, Sprocket feuds with a crab that Doc br- brings back from the beach. This episode was written by John Tartaglia and directed by J.J. Johnson. And this might be my favorite episode of the season. <laughs> this is a very good episode. It's a really good episode. Let me explain why I love this episode, which is it handles a very serious subject matter, a very, very smart and very easy to understand way. And it handles a lot of the bases the way you should in these situations. Mm-hmm. And it reflects the second episode of the original Fraggle Rock, Wembley and the Gorgs, which did the exact same thing. <laughs> but they handled two different uh, subjects. And I, genuinely love this episode one thing i would like to say is the description this episode does one of my favorite things from the original series Uh, the fraggles go through this very serious topic meanwhile sprocket feuds with a crab (laughs) it's very good i love it i just want to add that the uh, songs for this episode were hip hip hooray loop loop and whoop and every voice one thing where in in this episode I I finally felt like okay I'm back at Fraggle Rock was whenever I got the package and and letter from Uncle Traveling Matt uh read just like passing mention of just like oh boy like that just <laughs> her distaste of Uncle Traveling Matt being still being there was like okay we're back we're here <laughs> yeah. Also, how did you guys feel about that new element with the gifts with the postcards? Because I loved it. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it was very, very smart. I can't imagine how much shipping is. Where is Uncle Traveling Matt getting this money to ship these things? I was going to make a joke, but I shouldn't. Same. Same. I'm just, um... I need to hear these jokes. I can't. I can't can't read read that. that. What's up? Oh, it's back. Uh, just his uncle traveling. Matt has a six pack. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. Um, it has to do with that. It's not the count. He's respectable, but he still has a six pack. Remember, it's wrong to slut shame actual people. It is one hundred percent okay to slut shame puppets. I can slut shame a puppet any day I want. Exactly. Slut shaming real people. Bad. Not good. Judgmental. Slut shaming a puppet. Accepted by God. It's free real estate, baby. I also just want to mention that 
Uh, this particular episode brought back a very specific memory for me, which is always wanting to jump off a high dive, but as soon as I get up there going, oh no. 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 So, a very specific memory for me. <laughs> I love the part, like, before they're actually doing it, where uh, Boober is just reading off all of the rules twice, and <laughs> everyone falls asleep. I love referee Boober. I love him. Boober, I love you. He deserves the world. Does anybody have anything to say on Hip Hip Hooray? It was a great recording. Cute song. Very short. Very short, but good song. Again, when Red gets really close to the camera and it's CGI Red, my brain went, huh? <laughs> uh, this song I might I, I have to say I listen to the least off the soundtrack which is a floop loop and whoop and it doesn't yeah. have a lot of replay value for me yeah it's, it's just a lot of the same words mm-hmm. a lot of nonsense words every voice is such it's it's one of those songs that is very good but it takes a lot for me to listen to it it just it, it it's very it can be very this is a lot. Very sweet and beautiful song. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. One thing that got to me uh, when I first watched it, the first time I, I watched the episode, was when Junior uh, dropped Red down the well, and you'd like hear the desperation in her voice. That got to me, and I started yeah. tearing up genuinely. That felt like such a real moment for me. Yeah, same. The, the- moment after where she's just talking about it it just please show your children fraggle rock right yeah i i I can't have i don't have any words for it other than please show your children fraggle rock yeah consent is kindness Mm -hmm. especially with episodes like this especially if you remember stuff that happened a few years ago you you know why this episode is important I know a lot of media covering stuff from that movement and stuff about it have been very girl bossy and just haven't found the right tone. This is the right tone. This is the best tone to explain it to children. Yeah. And then at the end, all of them asking to hug Wembley was just so nice. Mm. Yeah. And um, they also, they loved each other. It was so sweet. They all genuinely love each other. They do. And one like lore thing that I love that they kept with uh, Wembley freezing is that when he unfroze, he just coughed up an ice cube. Love that. <laughs> do we want to go to the third episode? Do it. Uh, the Mergle Moon Migration. This is our first episode with a guest star. Uh, the description of this episode is as followed. And if I get another ad from Muppet Wiki. Uh, <laughs> Loki has a prophetic dream that convinces her she should just trust her own intuition rather than facts, which leads her into trouble as the Fraggles make their way to witness the Mergles' one-in-a-generation migration dance. Meanwhile, Cotterpin and Architect Doozer go out looking for new sources of radishes, and Doc and Sprocket use a drone to watch baby sea turtles hatching. And the songs uh, from this episode are... Moon Migration and Shine on Us Now, Moon Comes Soon. And the the episode the 
And this episode was written by Jocelyn Stevenson and was directed by J.J. Johnson. And it guest stars Patti LaBelle as, uh, the, as Queen Merkel. Yeah. One thing before we get into, like, the contents of the episode. I love uh, Moki with her hair down when she was sleeping. Yes. I just love how curly it was. Mm-hmm. Let Moki have her hair down more. Please, I'm begging. Is someone with a lot of hair... Having your hair up like that all the time gives you a migraine after a few hours. <laughs> Let Moki have her hair down. It doesn't have to be an all-the-time thing. Just more often, please. I just want to know how they curled feathers. Do you, do you like, um, oh, what are they, like, oh, what's it called? I can't, illness is acting up and I can't remember words. Dowels. Um, do they get, like, dowels and then, like, put the f- feathers, like, around them? And, like, maybe heat or something to get that curl. But would the, I mean, would the feather retain the shape just from heat? It doesn't work like hair. Well, no, you can, hairspray helps with everything. I mean, I style cosplay wigs with hairspray, and it keeps, and it's not real hair. (laughs) It's all synthetic. I was thinking heat and not spray. I never use hairspray. My hair doesn't like it. Just not a fan of hairspray. Just not a fan of the center texture. We talk about like uh, the main, the main thing this episode is about, which is uh, girl's oldest Fraggle having a thing for the Queen Mergle, Mergle Queen, which was I think everyone can agree is the center point of the episode. There's a certain energy there, and Dave brings <laughs> a certain energy with it that just he's killing it. He's, he's absolutely killing it. Killing it. <laughs> It reminds me of the guys that are, like, older in years and talking about, like, young love, and you're like, what happened? I think, like, she's into- I think, like, the Mergle Queen's kind of into it, so, like, it's okay? They're- they're- they're both- uh, it's both definitely into each other. It's just- it's that type of vibe of, like, you're so old and I don't want to think about this. Also, they aren't, like, the true definition of star-crossed lovers, which is, her and her people only mi- migrate there, like, once in a blue moon. That's the only time they see each other. And they're such a love, they're such, they know they can't be together, and it's such a tragedy. In all honesty, I really hope one day they can both be happy together, because I think there's something there. Well, to me, he's never gonna die. So, eventually something will happen where they can be together. Just eventually. I hope so. I, I, I really hope that those two kids can work it out. Now to the, uh, the, to the B-plot of the episode, which is, uh, apparently, Loki's getting into some really weird social media shit, stuff. The scene with her in the echo chamber with the everything, like, echoing her all, like, on the walls that uh gave me such like labyrinth vibes i loved i loved all those puppets they all looked amazing that was such a cool scene and i it was very it was that scene was very well written too there are certain episodes that remind me of older episodes and i'm like oh this is one and then i'm like nope that's another episode so hold on for that one uh i do no this one actually did remind me of the original the mergle episode from the original fraggle rock which if you know i hate episode i think it's so boring it felt like someone told the hens and company you have to do a mermaid episode because mermaids are like markedly 
popular right now. He's like, hi, yes. Episode. This felt a little more genuine. Like, okay, this is where the Murgles exist in the world. It didn't feel as pandery. And Patty LaBelle just fucking kills it. I love Patty LaBelle. Yeah. Yes, C plot with with Doc and Sprocket with with the uh, turtles. That was cute. Yeah, I thought it was really sweet. It reminds me, there was a short story I read in high school that had to do with stuff like that, and it reminded me of the short story, and it was really cute. Transition, transition, transition. Sprout had to uh, step out for a minute. Yeah, uh, so so uh, they told us that we can continue with the episode, and yeah. Awesome. So I think another thing I really appreciate about this episode was that it kind of urged the idea that you should trust existing information that's proven, that has been proven. Also, when new facts do emerge, you have to adjust that. And I think you really get that with the Doozer storyline where they find the pink stuff. What are your thoughts on on um, the, the Cotterpin storyline, uh, specifically the acting? I thought I was fine with the uh, the acting from Cotterpin and the Architect. I don't remember a lot of the other acting from a lot of the other doozers in this episode in particular. In other episodes, I thought it was perfectly fine. Do you have like just? Did you like not get into it or something? No, I did. It's um, just this is the first episode where we get like a re- actual like storyline with the doozers, like actual heavy heavy but like actual storyline with them because they showed up in the other two episodes and did stuff that affected the plot but this one felt like it affected a whole bunch of stuff i think this might be the first one i don't think they had a very big role in the first two episodes i think with this one you get a better introduction to Cotterpin and the architect himself I just uh, really liked their little back and forth and and story and all of it. I think they did a, a really good job. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I'm going to be completely honest. I do not remember anything about the song Mergle Moon Migration. It's probably really great. My mind is just blanking on it. Uh-huh. Is, was that the song that Patty sang? No, that was a Shine on Us, which the Shine on Us I thought was fantastic. Yes, yes, yes. The Moon Migration, I do not remember at all. Oh, any, literally, you could say any character sang it, and I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. Cannot remember it. Uh, yeah, uh, Architect Doozer sang it. Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, and then the, I really want to talk about the Shine on Us now, because Eddie LaBelle is a national treasure. She is. She sings this song so good, and there's this little electric guitar in this version that just makes the gerbil running on the wheel in my brain so happy. Uh huh. So, like, I love this version of Shine on Us now, and I think it's really fun. It's a good update to the song, and I had a fun time with it. I was obsessed with the the cave and the the moon peeking through. I I just loved the the set. It was amazing. It was awesome. I loved it. 
Data handle the, the next one, the big one? Uh, yes. It hit me. What's next? Uh, the next one is the glow. And the Muppet Wiki description for this one is, Boober discovers his Belubius is able to glow and tries to hide it from his friends just as the famed archivist comes to check out an, check out an outer space artifact sent by Uncle Traveling Matt. Meanwhile, Doc deals with plastic litter on the beach, and Junior Gorg makes friends with a plant. And this episode was written by Sabrina Jal- uh, I'm probably going to butcher this last, last name, Jaylees, and directed by Paul Fox. The songs in this episode are Glow Away and Chase the Wind. Amazing episode. My favorite episode. I know it's Sprout's favorite episode. It's, it's definitely up there for me. It's, it's done so well. Love a good Boober episode. I love Boober. Fantastic. I want to hold him in my hands. I love I love this episode. I think this is a perfect description of it because it's really it's all the points I want to break down. Which let's let's break this down. Well, starting with the first bit. Boober disco- discovers his Belubius is able to glow and tries to hide it from his friends. Okay, let's start there. Haven't we all? Don't we all? And I know there are, uh, I've seen people on Twitter debate whether or not this episode is about being gay or being neurodivergent, and I say it's about both, because I can see the metaphor for both. Especially if you've been insecure about something or been told to cover something up before. I think it handled that beautifully. I was just going to say, as an autistic lesbian, I can see it from both sides of this could be about me masking my autism or this could be, you know, hiding in the closet for as many years as I did. Uh, and the uh, one, I can't remember which executive, Tim Bryan, Tim Bryan, executive for Fraggle Rock, talked about uh, how this episode to him was uh, about acceptance of being gay. Uh, but he also said that it could be an interpretation for anything. So, everyone's right here. It's about acceptance. I just kind of, I call it the Gay Boober episode, because I think that's just really fun to say. Gay Boober. Gay Boober episode. I really like how it first starts glowing when he's with Wembley, and then the archivist goes, it glows when you're at your most comfortable. And he's his most comfortable when he's doing laundry with Wembley. And I thought that was very sweet. So cute. I love it. I love it. I love it. I thought the metaphor was really good. I love the uh the glowing effect on the puppet. I thought that was super cool. But I don't I don't want to like skip ahead, but I love the ending shot of this episode where Boober gets comfortable with it and then you see all the other fraggles with the glowing Belubius. Yeah, it's so sweet. It's very it's very comforting and very sweet. Depending on how you view you view this episode and interpret it. It's very comforting and very sweet. And great. Next, just as the famed archivist comes to check out an outer space artifact sent by Uncle Traveling Matt. I oh, and I just want to make a note. Cynthia Revo, another celebrity guest star, plays the archivist and pretty good. She's got a great singing voice. I loved her. I loved her song. Ah. Yeah. Ready to tackle the archivist as a whole. The puppet is gorgeous. As soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, I want to cosplay her. But then whenever um, the builder of the archivist put pictures on Instagram and did like close-ups, I was like, that's too many jewels. 
That's too many jewels. I can't do this. She is such a pretty puppet. I I love her. I love how she moves. I love how I think she's just a very very pretty puppet. I think Cynthia Revo did a really good performance for her. The issue with the archivist comes with how she's written. <laughs> it comes off uh, very early 2000s Mary Sue, which is, I'm a new character who nobody's ever seen before, but everybody loves me, and I'm magical. It gives off that vibe. I just thought of her uh, as this... Uh like mystical uh person that people have heard of like in whispers that sort of thing culture is dead give me all the mary sues i don't give a shit anymore i understand that but that there was that part of me that just kind of cringed a little bit especially when i think a lot of the other writing for a lot of the guest characters was very good so it just felt kind of felt very shoehorned and it i feel like it could have been done better one thing about the archivist uh, that I, I really liked, and that this is more of like plot thing of that we're we're sorting get we're sort of tying episodes together with um, Uncle Matt's packages and having this whole you know hall like museum area for all of the you know silly creature stuff. So I, I thought that was a good way to introduce it. I, I love the museum idea. I thought that was really genius. But meanwhile, Doc deals with plastic litter on the beach. This was a very uh, D plot, like plotline D, the D plot, which was, I think it had like very, like very few scenes, and I think the issue was a very real issue, but they resolved it very quickly, which is Doc put a recycling bin on the beach, and like, yeah, that's good. Good job, Doc. But also it did introduce us again with the tying the episodes together with like the overall thing of Doc uh, of this uh, season with, uh, you know, microplastics and trying to uh, save the ocean from from littering. And I think that did a really good job of introducing that. And finally, Junior Gorg makes friends with the plant. Oh, Junior Junior. My favorite plant, Dad. <laughs> I have a shirt that says Plant Dad. Oh, love him. I love him dearly. Protect my son, Junior Gorg. That's my son. He, um, the, again, um, a lot of the puppeteers posted a lot of behind the scenes stuff on Instagram. There was a, a video of behind the scenes of the mechanism for Junior Junior, and it looks so cool. It's, it's, you know, it's a pretty simple mechanism, but it still looks so awesome. That plant is so alive. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, away. Oh, my God. If Dave goals an Emmy, I swear to God, that song made me cry. Give Dave goals an Emmy. Dave goals deserves every award and accolade. <laughs> There is something, he touched on something so deeply personal there. Oh, yeah. Dave Goals, you, there are no words to describe just how amazing you are, not only as just a performer and a puppeteer and an actor, but also just as a singer, and he rags on his singing all the time, but dude, you can sing, and it's amazing. He's got a lovely voice, and I, for a while, I'm like, okay, I know, like, technically... 
he's not he's not like the best singer. Like I think technically like John Tartaglia, Donna Kimball, like they they can do all that. Something about Dave Goals' voice though that really makes him like stand out and like kind of like drifts me towards him. And I think that's because he puts so much heart into every performance he does. Like he know it's as if he knows my range, my singing range is very limited. I gotta sell this the only way I know how, and by stuffing as much heart as humanly possible in this. And I don't think, I don't think I've seen another performer have as much heart as Dave Goals. You feel every inch of every word he sings in every song. There's a gruffness that he's always had with his voice that paired with that heart, it just feels like coming home. It's it's just so beautiful. It feels like having a phone call with an old friend you haven't spoken to in a while. Exactly. So like even if it isn't technically the best, like he can't go on Broadway, but it's still it hits you so so much that you're like it doesn't matter cuz it it just sounds so lovely. Yeah, and I there's a certain quality that old Muppet songs have with all that heart, and I know Dave plays such a huge role in that. Yeah, yeah. And I and I'm very happy that all the new people sing like sing fantastically, but there's something about that heart. There is just something about that that just it hits. Yeah, definitely. And then we have "Chase the Wind," which is a. Uh, yeah, a new version of an old Red song, and I have to say, I prefer this version. This version a lot more. Which I I love this version. Cynthia Revo has a gorgeous voice, and again, what I was saying about Dave Goals earlier still applies. And there's something about Cynthia Revo's like you know technical talent singing and Dave Goals's heart that just meshes beautifully when you put it together. Also, the they really upped the production of this song. It sounds like a it sounds like a Katy Perry song to be completely honest, in the best way. Like it's not a new Katy Perry song where you're like, oh, okay, I I don't care. This is like 2011 Katy Perry where it's like this makes me like feel alive. It feels like that. Not only do I love the song, but I love the uh, the visuals that go with it, like them actually flying and and you know, like spinning around. It's really pretty to me. It's really pretty, but it does beg the question: Can Boober fly now? And if so, can we get like a recreation of those Wembley flying scenes that I keep posting on Twitter? Because they fill me with such joy. <laughs> it's it's very funny. Um. <laughs> I just want a scene where Gobo's like, hey guys, you ready to go on an adventure? And Boober's like, no, I'm gonna go do laundry, and then he just flies away. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very funny of just like, um, no, I have to go clean socks. Whee! <laughs> and he has to do the thing Webley did when he flies and just goes, wow! <sighs> so good. It re- there's, this, there's this really old, like, 2006 video um at of this guy who's just really excited about something and he just goes wow oh, it has such boober energy that whole video and so i would love it if 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 anytime boober flies he just goes wow oh, it's 
And that is the exact noise the guy makes. I'm not playing it up. I fully believe you. It's not like he's pretending to be like a, a like a crowd or anything. No, that's just how he says wow. Also, I just want to make a note on here. Uh, I know I, I miss talking about this char- this new character. The previous episodes, but I just have to make a note. Um, what are your thoughts on Pokey Fraggle? I, okay. In my notes, bitch. I've written a lot. That's all right. I didn't come prepared at all, so I'm just here riffing. I came prepared uh, for a minute, but then uh, my illness kicked in. There's doing They're doing some yard work around my... I say yard work. They're literally just flattening a plot near my house that was literally like... It looked like a jungle. And um, I'm allergic to pine and cedar. And so um, because they were cutting down all these trees and using it to build the house that's next to me, um, it was like getting all the dust in the air and I couldn't get out of bed. That's how horrible, like my whole body was just covered in hives. Uh, so at one point my notes stop, which I don't like doing because I like to be prepared. But where's Pokey? Put Pokey and I did put a bunch of exclamation marks. So either that can mean I'm very excited to see you or it could mean like, oh, I like this character. Or it could mean, why are you still here? So. I'm not sure at the moment because I didn't put anything else in my notes about him. So how about you go and I will try to remember. I don't trust that bitch. I think <laughs> he's up to something because no bitch can be that stupid. Uh-huh. He's hiding something. He's not my friend. I don't <laughs> trust him. He is enemy to the state? No. I... He's committed crimes. He has committed like war crimes, and I know it. He has committed felonies. No, I think. Listen, I have met. I have met some dumb, stupid, fucking people in my life. None of them are stupider than Pogi. No, I think. I think Pogi is that stupid. I because there are some people that you just tell them something, and it just doesn't phase them. They're they're just like. I think he's. I think he is dumb. No, he's hiding something. He's hiding something. What do you think he's hiding? I think he is from another group of Fraggles, and he committed a lot of crimes over there. As soon as they were like, hey, you have to pay for, you have to pay the price for your actions, he ran off there to the singing Fraggles and was like, I'm just going to go chill with you because you seem like you won't question shit. They never did. He's a craggle that left because he was like, you bitches are boring. <laughs> I don't think he's a craggle. I think he's just an enemy fraggle. Enemy- there are factions. <laughs> there's factions. There's, fr- there, there's friend fraggles and there are foe fraggles. This reminds me, uh, um, Sprout and I were on a date at one point and just to do something, I was like, why don't we just play um Muppet version of the Hunger Games with the Hunger Games website? And I did put a, a bunch of fraggles. I did not put a uh, Pogi in. I forgot to put him in. So maybe we'll play again one day. I have very strange date nights. I need everyone to know. <laughs> <laughs> there was one time when we first started dating that we were literally just looking up a quote 
from an actor. We were literally just trying to find a quote that I'll tell you about later. I don't want to talk about it on the podcast. But okay. it literally, just for hours, we're just sitting in relative silence just researching together. So that's our relationship. I'm going to marry her one day. It's very healthy, so it's all good. Yeah, yeah. We're doing this together. <laughs> That's our date night. Is there anything doozer in this episode? My brain is blanking. I don't... It doesn't say there is, so I don't believe so. But I could be wrong. Yeah. There's no doozers. Yeah. Was there any trash heap? I think there was trash heap when the archivist was going through Gorg's garden. I think maybe there was a bit of her, but not a lot. She had a line about, like, oh, slay girl boss slay or something, and that's it. Your version of Marjorie and my version of Marjorie are not the same. No, no. Mine is very, my, mine is very fun. Uh-huh. Mine's fun. It's like, Marjorie's a god, and mine's like, Marjorie is like, like, is sassy gay commentary. <laughs> <laughs> Our different versions of Marjorie and Fraggle Rock are our different versions of Piggy with the Muppets. <laughs> we have very wildly different interpretations, and that's okay. We're still friends. <laughs> so both interpretations exist, so we can have fun with them as much as possible. Did I tell you I got an Instagram DM for one? I can't remember which episode, but there was an episode that came out where we were talking about Piggy. And I guess the listener thought we were legitimately angry with each other because they were like, are you guys okay? Are you guys still friends? I know I know, Mary left, so like, are you guys still friends? I, the truth is, I actually had to leave the podcast because Maria and I hate each other so deeply. I fucking hate you. We can't be in the same room together, which is uh, why I live up north. Hmm. I live down south. If we're in the same region as each other, we're going to kill each other. Hey, I'm going to strangle you. <laughs> and I had to leave the podcast because by this point, Maria and Sprout had fallen madly in love with each other. We hadn't, is the thing, as we didn't. And they had to give me a speech like, Mary, you have to leave. You have no other you're, option. You're being a third wheel. You're being a third wheel. No, that's not it at all. No. We, di we didn't start dating until Til August. And I you... Left. Yeah, you, you left in, yeah, early July, because one of our first episodes in July was uh, me and Sprout figuring out how to do this podcast without you. That was a weird episode, but I love it dearly. It's one of my favorites, specifically because I was like, what's going on? I was also having an allergy attack during it, because that was whenever we were moving and we didn't have Wi-Fi, so I had to go to my friend's house to record, and she had a bunch of cats and dogs that I'm allergic to. <laughs> So I was, like, high on pain medicine and high on, like, allergy medicine. Just like, that's this episode. Mary's not here. Oh, no. Yeah, it was it was a wild, wild time. Anyway, we're best, we're, I consider Mary one of, like, my best friends. Like, I have a group of best friends and Mary's my best friend. Yeah, it's also, if I hate somebody, I'm very, I'm, decently obvious about it and i don't hate marie at all yeah this is playful ribbing i'm not i'm not going on tough pigs going here's the exclusive interview for what really happened behind the scenes of muppet <laughs> fans talking you fucking email 
Johannes of like, this is why Maria should not be a writer for your website. Five reasons why Maria should be cancelled on Twitter.com. Five ten reasons why Maria should be banned from Tough Pigs. <laughs> every day I worry. Every day I worry. Reason number one, I hate her. <laughs> Reason number two, can't write. Reason number three, can't get her stories on time. Reason number three, she stole my microphone. Listen, had a horrible person recommend me a microphone and it didn't work. And then I was like, Mary, what's your microphone? It works. And I don't have a lot of money to spend. And so I did steal your microphone. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all right. I'm like, here's the $20 microphone there is. It's better than nothing. I promise. It works. It captures my voice and everything. Yeah, it captures every single noise any of us makes. <laughs> and you know that. You edit me. I'm terrible. Yes. No. There's so many times in the podcast where I have to isolate your vocal specifically, and then I have to cut it down to where you're talking, and then be like, where's this tapping coming from? There's a tapping. There's something. Oh, I'm fidgeting with, like, my bracelet right now. I can barely hear it, so I think it's fine, and I can suppress whatever I need to. I'm, I'm getting good at editing. Maybe one day, if we ever make money off of this podcast, we can hire an editor, so I don't have to. <laughs> I can have my weekends back. Yeah, I, I'm all for, I'm all for, I'm all for that because I can't edit audio at all. No, there were the beginning days where this, ep where this podcast was not edited, and that was when Mary was the editor. <laughs> Mary said, here's sound at beginning, sound at middle, sound at end. We're good. Bye. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> five minute editing, and I promise you, it only took five. If it took me longer than five minutes, it was because I was figuring out the software. <laughs> um, talking about Fraggle Rock. <laughs> talking about Fraggle Rock, let's go to episode five. Woo! Do you have any final thoughts on the glow? Glow, it's my favorite episode. I love Uber Fraggle gay rights. Gay rights, bitches. The next episode, for Wembley's and a birthday. Wembley's friends want to celebrate his birthday with different activities. His attempts to participate in all of them end up splitting him into four individual versions of himself. Meanwhile, Doc takes the internet to bring attention to the ocean's plastic problem, and Cotterpin makes a gooey discovery in a strange vine. Wait, was this the Vine episode? Oh, no, no. Oh, wait. The Mergle episode wasn't the one with the goo. The Mergle episode is where they find the uh, radishes. Yeah, which is kind of implied to be uh, the Gorg Garden. Kind of. It's kind of implied. They're, they're just getting it from the bottom instead of going up onto the, the surface, quote-unquote. Uh, and this episode's title is a reference to four weddings and a funeral. Uh, this episode was written by uh, uh, Morin Mambella and J.J. Johnson. It, wait, it was only written by uh, Morin Mambella, and it was directed by J.J. Johnson. Okay, cool. And there are three songs in this in this episode. Solaroso, uh, the Dudes Are Marching song, and That's Not What I Want. Where do we, where do we begin with this one? Because I have a few thoughts. Oh, you start. I, I related very hard like strongly to this episode because i feel like 
it's very easy to only to become different or different separate versions of yourself like who i am on twitter is very different than who i am at work and with my friends I am in this podcast is very different from both of those, from all three of those. So I feel like I get like splitting yourself into, I keep hitting my mic, splitting yourself into different versions of yourself to adapt to a situation where you're not ready to be who you truly are. And also um, splitting yourself up because you just have so much work to do. Like both of those things. Um, to quote Twitter, both of those statements can coexist. Uh, it's uh, both of those things are just very relatable to me. Of like having to be different people at different parts of your life, uh, whether it be like with friends or family or work or whatever, and then also just having so much to do all the time, then you get very overwhelmed. I really like how this episode shows it's not healthy or sustainable for you at all. And you should try to be the most genuine version of yourself possible. And well, I'm probably not going to take that advice because I I've kind of worked myself into this situation, so might as well keep going. <laughs> take a self-care day. <laughs> I took a self-care week. I'm good. Okay, good. I really enjoyed this episode again. Uh, forget his name, but uh, the performer who plays Wembley does such a fantastic job here. It I can't say it's my favorite solo Wembley episode this season, but it's very good. Very fun to watch. I'm looking up the puppeteer's name right now. I think it's uh, Jordan Pearson. No, it's not Jordan Pearson. Uh, looking. Uh, Jordan Lockhart. Lockhart, okay. So we both knew it was Jordan, but I couldn't remember his last name. He did such a fantastic job. Jordan Lockhart just knows Wembley. There, there's. I keep bringing up all the behind-the-scenes videos, but there's a video of him during the second episode where there's the like a waterfall thing, and he's just like improving with Wembley, like going down the waterfall, and it is so cute and funny, and it's so Wembley. Also, please jo follow Jordan Lockhart on Twitter. I have more Twitter followers than that man, and it's a crime. And that's a crime. I didn't even know he was on Twitter. Yeah, I have more followers than him, and it's that should not be the case. <laughs> I'm gonna look him up right now. I'm going to follow him. Is it just Jordan Lockhart? Yeah, I was follower 401. There he is. Hi, Jordan. Hey, 401? Yeah. has 277 followers. What? It must have been like another number. I must have been like. 141, then. I don't know. Nope, I'm 278, baby. Follow Jordan Lockhart on Twitter. Follow Jordan Lockhart on Twitter. Um, He's a great guy and a great performer. And, um, again, that scene in the cave with the multiple Wembleys is just brilliant. Also, if you have actual talent, you should have more Twitter followers than me. That's the rule of thumb right there. Now I want to see, and this is no offense to you, it's just, I I have no confidence except in my talents. I do want to see how many Twitter followers you have compared to me. <laughs> Probably very low. People don't like me is the thing. Oh, I like you. You like me, yes. I do not have that many. 
I don't know why I have that many. I think I just started screaming into the void, and everyone's like, she's funny. You're very, very funny. Uh, yeah, I have half the Twitter followers of you. I try to be funny. Very funny. I think you're great. Thank you. Can we talk about Doc trying to be a social media star? Literally, her being like, I need to chase trends was like, oh, that's me. I damn it. That's me. But then not doing it, it's like, yeah, that's me. That's just me. I don't chase trends. I don't know lingo. I'm very scared that I'm like, oh, am I trying too hard to, like, you know, catch up to stuff? I'm like, no, you're, you're just a senior citizen woman. You're fine. But you do know the def definition of girl boss. <laughs> I do know the definition of girl boss. You might keep that part in where Mary explained what girl boss means. Just where Mary explains definition of girl boss and I in the most clear and concise way possible. Go, oh thank you so much, Mary. I'm somewhere enlightened now with internet lingo. It's just like me explaining memes. Oh, that would be a great intermission. If we ever get an ad, like between ad breaks, would you just be explaining memes? That'd be very funny. At one point, me and Sprout, you know, the um, male wife, uh, manipulate male wife mansplain or however that goes, and then uh, gatekeep uh, gaslight girl boss. We were trying to put the five of us in our gr group chat into those definitions. Sprout was like, well, obviously I am male wife. And I was like, well, obviously I am gatekeep. B is one of them. <laughs> Richard is mansplain, and it's not because he actually mansplains, it's just he's the only man in this group though he is a little boy in my head and we did put put you as girl boss because you are the ultimate girl boss yeah if you haven't seen the the uh the, the meme i've made of joe the legal weasel i feel like that every single day it's so good <laughs> i love that one if we ever do like a physical thing for this podcast like like maybe a poster we need to have like a reference to that i would Part of me is like, we should start making merch and have that be, like, one of them. Yes, we need a poster of all of us, uh, like, sitting on a t like sitting at a table, and then he's on the other side with the shirt, um, and he's, like, advising us on how to deal with this podcast. Yeah, B, we're like, yeah, it's neither manipulate nor gaslight, so B is too pure for either of those things. She's, bless, bless me, I love her. We love you. Love you, B. Go check out her podcast, Still Best Friends. It's very, very good. Also, just a heads up, up and part of the thing B and I are working on, she will be on the podcast in hopefully a month or so. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. It's a lot to be excited for. All right. And then can we dis uh, discuss Cotterpin and the Vine Goo, which looks like who from Teletubbies? Does. Immediately as I saw it, I was like, oh, Teletubbies. Custard. I don't have much to say on the goo right now because it hasn't played a huge part yet. Like, dang, it's certainly there. It's another seed that gets planted for the rest of the season, which it's semi-serialized, but not really, but kind of. <laughs> it, it's whatever DuckTales 2017 was. Yeah, I love DuckTales 2017. Such a good show. Such a good show. Della Duck. I love her. I have so many thoughts about Della Duck. <laughs> and no one to tell them to. 
Oh, I love Della Duck. I, I think Paget Brewster did such a good job voicing Della Duck, and I think Della Duck felt so fresh. Like, there is something about, like, I've never seen a character like that in an animated show before, and I loved her. Yeah. Um, we'll just talk about Della Duck on our own time and then get back, get back to Fraggle Rock. I have so many thoughts about her, but let's talk about Fraggles. That'll be a bonus episode. Uh, so the uh, songs for this episode were uh, Soloroso, which I do not remember at all. And uh... Sprout left and they took the brain cell. You, you literally have Twitter, uh, Twitter goddess Mary with, with all of her uh, memes and lingo. And then you have uh, Tumblr garbage can Maria. All of my horrible memes like uh, Grinch, Gajinka, Ace Attorney, Once Lord Kermit the Frog. It's a thing that's going around, and it's been stuck in my head. I've been singing it to, like, um, Grinch, Gajinka, Ace Attorney, Once Lord Kermit the Frog, and that's been stuck in my head, and now it's going to be stuck in your head forever. Well, it definitely will. Uh, it's like the ring, except I don't kill you, it just stays there. I mean, let's be fair, I'm going to be the one to kill you because I hate you so much. So we're gonna come out of each other's computers <laughs> and kill each other. Well, it would be funny of like that airport thing of like I'm at the wrong airport, but like we go into each other's computers at the same time, and then I'm just up north and you're down south. Of like, wait a minute, we're not here. We have to keep going back until we find each other, and then we kill each other in the computer stream. With um, is there a thing in? Me Neutron, where they get stuck in a computer. I think so. It's either that or Fairly Odd Parents. Fairly Odd Parents. There was a like a TV movie where they get stuck in the television. I love that episode. That was a good special. I'm not gonna lie, that was a great special. That was a banger special. Um, fuck Butch Hartman. <laughs> we hate him in this podcast house. Yeah, uh, I I don't know if you could, I don't know if you could tell, but we are not Butch Hartman fans. <laughs> don't know if you could tell that by the everything about us. All very queer, and uh, two of us are autistic, and two of us have ADHD, and we uh, hate that man with our lives. Yeah. Also, I did say I did say podcast house, so that kind of insinuates that we are in a gigantic house that spans all over the United States. <laughs> If you drive down the freeway, you'll see it. <laughs> Which freeway, you ask? The freeway. The freeway. We're constantly moving. You can't catch us. <laughs> we have to constantly be on the move, so we constantly don't see each other. Yeah, that, and also, we're running away from the cops. Why? You'll never know. <laughs> I love all this lore we're creating this episode. Oh, yeah. We're... We've created a, a lore to this podcast. This podcast is a, uh, actually Mary, Marie, and Sprout are all characters. We're all actors. We're all actors. Yeah, we are. This is not my real voice. I need you all to know. <laughs> I'm actually uh, played by Anna Kendrick, so. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm played by Julie Andrews, uh, time traveled from when she was in uh, Sound of Music, so. And uh, Sprout is played played by Danny DeVito. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Hey, Fraggles. <laughs> oh, uh, the, 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 the other song, uh, Doozy Marching Song. Pop. Fantastic. 
Just two ADHD queens trying to make it through an episode <laughs> of recording. Maybe it's the it's just like, gee, why can't they just talk about Fraggles instead of everything else? It's the ADHD. See, when Sprout and I do an episode, it's and it might be the autism episode. When two of us do an episode, it's ADHD, the podcast. It's five hundred tangents, and maybe we have a a, a single subject. We don't know. You'll never know. We're always on the move. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's not what I want is the, uh, I think, I'm just going to say it's the main song this episode. And it was a fun listen. Very, very nice. Uh, there is a nice callback in it where Boobers, Boobers tells Wemby, Wembley that he could make a siren sound, which is a com- uh, callback to the 30-minute work week. Uh, Wembley worked for the fire department. 30-minute yeah, work week is one of my favorite episodes of the old show. So, uh, way that our tangents are going, we are splitting up into a million pieces, just like Wembley. <laughs> There's the one talking about Della Duck. There's the one talking about Mary's Twitter followers. <laughs> yes. There's the one that is constantly thinking about Julie Andrews. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Nothing less. Obviously. My queen. Okay, the, the next one is uh, the other gay episode of the season. Uh, the Legend of Icy Joe. Yes, you are group chat. You said, oh, what was it that you said? It made me laugh. I know one, I think the night I first saw this, I literally asked you, hey, is uh, Icy Joe, can I call Icy Joe a mean lesbian? Now, here's the thing. Usually with the mean lesbian trope, I don't like it because it's based on stereotype and it is based on a lot of men's perception on what lesbians are. This one, I can say, yes, Icy Joe is a mean lesbian. <laughs> it's, it's not because of any stereotypes. It's just because she gives off a real big lesbian vibe and she's mean, so. She's so butch and she's so mean and I love her dearly. <laughs> Yeah, I love Icy Joe. She's my she 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 is my big she's like my big mean icy woman lover. I want to say she's I'm not a lesbian, so I feel like I shouldn't say she's my. Um, you're bisexual. It's okay. I'm I'm a lesbian. I agree with you. It's fine. <laughs> All right. The plot of this episode: Gobo and Wembley discover the recently unfrozen body of Icy Joe, legendary Fraggle explorer whose temperament makes it hard to adjust to, mag to modern Fraggle society. Meanwhile, Doc tries to stay awake while writing a paper, and Junior Gore continues to work on the Gorg Fountain. Alright, and this episode was written by Phyllis Lyons, who wrote a lot of the music for this show, and directed by Paul Fox. And the songs in this episode are Legend of Icy Joe and Sharing You're Not Alone. Love the description that says uh, that Gobo and Wembley found the body of Icy Joe, like so she has been murdered, and not that they found her like just unfrozen. So. Hey, Donna Kimball is storyteller for Eagle. Okay, hell yeah. Um, Donna, oh, Mary left. Hello, <laughs> Mary hates me. She's gone. <laughs> Mary. <laughs> Hi, I'm a stupid idiot. What happened? I uh I, I wanted to close the tab I, I wanted to 
I accidentally closed the Discord window. I'm a stupid idiot. <laughs> You're not a stupid idiot, but that is very funny. I got back here. I'm good. <laughs> you funny, funny past Maria and Mary. You funny, funny podcast hosts. Uh, this is post-editing Maria here. And in my editing, I've noticed that whenever Sprout left... So did our brain cells, and Mary and I talked for almost four hours straight, so <laughs> I've decided to cut the episode into, and so this is part one, and you'll be getting part two probably on the 10th, and uh, so yeah, and now I'm just here to do the outro, because, you know, we only did one, because I didn't realize how long we talked for. Anyway, I want to thank my other podcast hosts, Sprout and Mary, for being with me on this episode. I want to thank at FireFerret93 on Twitter, Hana, for uh, the amazing art for the podcast and our Twitter banner. I want to thank at Turning2Stone on Twitter for the intro and outro voice acting. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, we are at Muppets underscore talking. If you want to follow Mary on Twitter... Her at is at Muppet Mulaney. If you want to follow me anywhere on social media, I am at Nerdy Maria Mania. If you want to follow Sprout anywhere on Twitter, it is at Powpoo Sprout. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a Muppetational rest of your week. Goodbye! <laughs>